love being in the presence of the Lord. Amen. There's something about that. You know, there's no drug that can touch, no adrenaline rush that can touch the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Your Bibles, if you turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Amen. This is uh, exactly uh, exactly what I love is seeing the presence of the Lord and people respond to it. Um, I know some of us can be passionate about it because we passionately love our God and our King, right? Amen. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Second Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen is a known scripture that a lot of us have uh, heard on many occasions, and usually it has to do with the idea of repentance and asking God to heal our nation, right? That's usually what the scripture has to do. But let me read that. It says, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We are in life-giving relationship series, and this week I want to focus on revival. Revival, 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 revival. Let's pray. Precious Lord, thank you for your visitation. Thank you, Lord, for uh, really paving the way of what you're wanting to do in our lives, in your interaction in our lives, in your presence in our lives, in our families, in our careers, in our our, our hobbies, Lord. We're just thankful for you, God. We love you. We honor you. In the precious name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give someone a high five. Say, I'm so glad to be here with you. Go ahead and have a seat. So we are in our life-giving series. Uh, this is our fourth week. Uh, week one, we talked about partnerships, the importance of partnerships and uh, how they contribute to fulfilling the will of God, not only in what his will is in a general sense, but also in the sense of uh, with people and transforming their lives. And then week two, we had Mr. John Osborne speak. And uh, he talked about being a good friend. He talked about don't be a stumbling block, right? Being someone that encourages and, and brings life into other people's lives, right? And then last week, we had the Dummets here. We had uh, Brother A.J. Dummett who was here. And didn't he do an amazing job? He did, talking about our relationship with the Word and how important our relationship is with the Word. I want you to know something. There's this terminology that says sola scriptura. And I want you to know that we don't build on traditions. We don't even build on good ideas. We build on the scriptures. We build on the word of God. If the word of God doesn't talk about it, then great, you have a great opinion. Right? But if the word of God talks about it, that's what we follow. And then he talked about the importance of being cleaned up, didn't he? He said you need to get soapy. Right? Does anybody remember what the acronym soapy is? All right? Scripture, S, right? O is observation. I look into what I'm reading, what's happening, what's the context and everything. Then it's application. Application is about how do I apply this scripture to my life? What, what are the ramifications of doing this and obeying God's word? And then the fourth one was prayer. God, what do you want me to get from this? 
what are you speaking, right? Soap, right? Soap. So uh, use those opportunities as ways to do that. This week we're speaking about our relationship with revival. And what a fitting topic. What a fitting topic of what is currently sweeping our nation right now, right? I don't know if you've heard, I don't know if you've seen some of the images and the things that are happening, but God is moving all across this nation. Not only in churches, but also in, in, in universities and in, in, in campuses and one of our very own, right? I spoke a little bit last week about reference to one of our very own, Kayla Willman, who goes to a college in Nashville, Tennessee, and she began starting and catalyst a, 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 a revival that began to happen there. People were being filled with the Holy Ghost. People were thinking about their callings. They're, they're receiving healing, right? This, this is amazing. I want to be a part of it. Love it. Love it. Simply put, revival is a restoration of our motives and intentions to commune with God. To be in relationship with God. A renewed relationship with God. That's what revival is. And I believe that every single Christian needs to have that life-giving relationship with revival. Amen. Out of that comes awakenings, comes revelation, comes spiritual renewal. That's what happens. What is happening among our universities, churches right now has become a catalyst, right? That happened at the Asbury College or university in Wilmore, Kentucky. It's amazing. I was reading an article published in The Atlantic and it wrote this about this. It said, a group of about 20 students lingered and began to worship and pray for one another. The chapel speaker that day, Zach, had exhorted the students to become the love of God by experiencing the love of God. That'll preach. Oh, wait. It did. Right? Become the love of God by experiencing the love of God. And he closed with prayer and he, he asked God to revive us by your love. And according to the students, as they stayed and prayed, appreciate according to the students, thank you, they stayed and prayed and they asked God to revive us by your love. And according to the students, as they stayed and prayed and did that, that there was this inexplainable, surreal peace that descended upon the room. And as minutes stretched into hours, many students who had gone to class began to return to the auditorium when they heard what was going on. The article goes on and said that they would eventually be joined by faculty, by staff, and by community members who trickled in to participate in worship and in prayer. And in the days since, a stream of pilgrims had made its way to Wilmore. All of the auditorium's almost 1,500 wooden flip seats were occupied. The walls and the archways leading into the gathering space was crammed with people hammering to join in. Crowds were congregated in chapels and auditoriums everywhere in town, singing and praying and reading the Bible. This is... Revival. 
said there was a steady diet of proclamation with both standard preaching, personal testimonies, public confession, prayer, individual and corporate, scripture reading and singing. And the, the reporter said, people I've encountered who entered these spaces described the encountering as sweet presence or deep peace or the quiet, heavy presence of God. There was a sense of awe that prevails for all of them. One participant told this, this reporter as if heaven opened up. Talking about revival. The reporter went on and said, I live about 20 minutes away from Asbury and spent about nine days there since the revival began and I see a paradox at play. The event had gone viral online. On TikTok, the hashtag Asbury Revival has more than 100 million views and counting. But its appeal is actually the physicality and the simplicity of it. They went on to say, in a time of factionalism and celebrity culture and performance, what's happening at Asbury is radically humble. And they said, and it gives me hope for the future of American Christianity. That statement of talking about humble. They had many pastors, national, known, renowned, renowned pastors and worship leaders that wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to lead in worship. They wanted to speak. And they were denied that. In fact, they had uh, Tucker from... Fox News that wanted to do a story and he was told not to come. Why? Because they wanted to reduce the sensuality or the, the sensationalism of what was happening. They didn't want it to become another opportunity for some influencer. They wanted God to be the only influencer. Isn't that amazing? They even said that the live stream was only out of necessity necessity to reduce the crowds because as, or Wilmore has only 6,000 members in their community, 6,000. And they had over 50,000 people coming from all over the country to try to be a part of this event. This is really amazing. It's amazing to see people all, of the, all across the country responding. But what is it that attracts God? What is it that allows revival to break out? Because I surely do not want to miss out on something that God is doing. Are you with me? It is true that throughout the Bible we have seen Many instances where people have had amazing experiences with God. Revivals, as it were. Of course, the one that we talk about the most is in the book of Acts, right? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they're in the upper room and God fills them with that. But I, I don't want to talk about that. That's great. But I think that there is a notable re revival that happened that has impacted where we are even today. 
one in particular that I'm referring to is when Solomon was dedicating the temple of God. Now I want you to know just a little backstory here that King David, excuse me, about 3,000 years ago, wanted to build a temple to not only worship God in, but to be known as God's home on earth. That's a tall order. Since the Bible says that the earth is his footstool. He wasn't able to do it, but prepared the plans and the materials for the temple. And it ended up that his son Solomon had the privilege to construct a home for God on earth. A temple where God would be worshipped. And they went through the building and then inviting God into the temple. And, and there was music and there were sacrifices and singing and worshipping and everything that was happening. And finally, after that, God and Solomon talk. And it goes something like this. God speaking, thank you. Because of your efforts, I'm going to live here. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he says. But here's the biggest part, is that God shares a secret power that we each have to attract God in the future at any time. What? He basically laid out this, this opportunity in this way that we can always have revival with God. And that there's a couple things that we need to do. And, and so God gives us a power to always have revival. And here are the keys found in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. See, I don't know if, I don't know if you get the significance of this, this scripture. And as I was reading through it and I was you know, thinking about this service and, and, and praying through different scriptures about revival and everything, I kept coming back to this one because I see that there are these nuggets here, right? There's this humility that we have to work in. One, first, we need to have faith, right, that there is a God. But two, a humility. That, that I am not God. He's God. And I need a Savior. And, and that He's the only way to be saved. He talked about that. And he talked about walking away from wickedness. Right? He's talking about repentance. So now we know that there's this faith. And, and that there is this, this humbleness and humility. And that there's repentance. But there's also a deep hunger that we each need to have. If you want to see revival in your, your life, in your family, these are the components that God provided for us. And he told us the, the, the pathway or the journey of how we get to revival. Faith and desire in God. I love Psalms 51.10. It says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Right? I believe that we can live in continuous state of revival. And you know what that happens? You know what happens when we do that? What happens when we live in revival? God just begins to do things. Like amazing things. 
like he walks down the road and somebody touches the hem of his garment and, and she is restored. Or, or a group of people reach out and they say, hey, listen, I'm sick with leprosy. Will we be healed? Yeah, go show yourself to the priest. You'll be fine. Right? Wherever God is at, everything begins to elevate. Right? Everything begins to change and, and fix and, and move. And, and so we need a revival. We, we need God to be an active part of our life every single day. We can't live without it. It can't just be another thing that we do, a hobby that I do on the weekends. It has to be something more. It has to be a desire that's burning from inside. I was talking to someone, and I was thinking about that scripture in Luke chapter 19, verse 30. And, and the story here is that Jesus is coming on his big triumphal entry, and uh, as he's coming, the disciples start to get a little rowdy. They start yelling and screaming and praising God and everything. And, and the Pharisees, they're like, excuse me, what are you doing? Tell them to be quiet. And do you remember what Jesus said? He says, if I don't, the rocks themselves will cry out. Have you, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the implication of that little concept that he just laid out? Do you think that per, potentially, do you think that, that when God stepped down, robed in flesh on this earth, do you think that creation did not know? Do you think that the very soil said, oh my goodness, Jesus is here. That God himself showed up. I mean, just on a side note, right? John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? I mean, so here, when, when, when Jesus shows up, all creation is there. And I tell you something, I can only imagine what creation began to do. So when you begin to bring God into our world and, 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 and we seek revival and God begins to move, I'm telling you that people are going to be healed physically, spiritually, and emotionally because that's what he does. That's just who God is. He just walks around and people get healed and they get changed and their life, it, it, it begins to open up and, and new great things begin to expand because of him. Amen. Tell you what, it's amazing to know that. And it's amazing to know that not only did all creation know that, I think another scripture is Romans 1.20, that all creation knew that. The Bible says that we can know by his creation, we can see the glory of God. So when I'm talking about a life-giving relationship, of God stepping into our worlds and we're inviting him into our worlds, I'm talking about something that has got to be a part of our DNA. I was thinking a little bit about Asbury, all right, Asbury College. And I'm like, why there? Like, why not McGuanago? Is this just me? I long for the presence of the Lord. I want revival. And I was like, why, why is this? Why, why did that happen? So I began to look a little bit into Asbury a little bit. And I realized that one of the things, characteristics about 
Asbury College is they've had revivals before. Right, right, well, see, what I'm saying is, is I'm saying there's an importance to having a heritage or legacy of saying we want God. <laughs> we want. So I was, I was checking this and, and I was reading a couple of things. All right, check this out. Tis, tidbit of information. February 1905, during a blizzard, a prayer meeting in the men's dormitory spilled out into the rest of campus in the town of Wilmore. I see that you're not convinced. February 1908, revival broke out while someone prayed in chapel. The revival lasted two weeks and was signified by prevailing prayer and intercession. Asbury College. February 1921, the last service of a planned revival lasted until 6 a.m. and services were extended for three days. February 1950, a student testimony led to confessions, victories, and more testimonies that went on uninterrupted for 118 hours and became the second leading news story nationwide. It is estimated that 50,000 people found a new experience in Christ as a result of this revival and witnessed teams that went out from it. Hmm, I think you need another one. March 1958, revival began in a student fasting prayer meeting that spilled over into chapel and lasted for 63 hours. February 3rd, 1970, Dean Custer Reynolds Scheduled to speak in chapel, chapel, felt led to invite persons to give personal testimony instead. Many on campus had been praying for spiritual renewal and were now in the expectant mood. And soon there was a large group waiting in line to speak. The spirit of a powerful revival came upon the congregation. The chapels filled with rejoicing people. Classes were canceled for a week during the 144 hours of unbroken revival. But even after classes resumed on February 10th, Hughes Auditorium was left open for prayer and testimony. And these sessions were presided over by Reynolds, Clarence Hunter, and other faculty. And some 2,000 witness teams went out from Wilmore to churches to at least 130 college campuses around the nation. Oh, I'm sorry, we're not done. March 1992, a student confession during the closing chapel of the annual holiness conference turned into 127 consecutive hours of prayer and praise. In February 2006, a student chapel led to a four days of continuous worship, prayer, and praise. In fact, this is part of their heritage. Imagine if your life or your family or your church was known for revival, intense seekings of God, worshiping of God. There's this story, Reverend Jim McGrath remembers the 1970 revival because he was there. And he said this, he said, when I walked in those doors, re just this last couple weeks, it was almost like 53 years hadn't passed and the same Oh, the same spirit washed over me. He went on to say that as an 18-year-old high school senior, McGrath worked as a janitor at Asbury 
and, and when revival broke out on that snowy morning, February 3rd, 1970, he said the spirit of worship, the attitude, and the people lifting their hands in praise, people kneeling around the altar, like just nobody really leading, the Holy Spirit led. He said, I didn't feel anything different than I felt the morning of 1970. We're going to do something that is unconventional in our normal Sunday mornings. We're going to focus on application. This is why I asked the children to be here today. Because I want them to be a part of it. I want families to be able to pray with each other. I want grandparents to be able to pray with these kids. We're going to take this reflection time to pray on specific topics. Three topics. FCC. And I'll tell you what they are in a moment. And you can pick whatever prayer posture that you are comfortable with. Walking, coming to the altar, on your knees, at your chair, however you do it. And the three areas that I'd like us to focus on are these. Family, which is renewal, restoration. You may know of loved ones that don't have God right now or, or God is leading and talking on them and, and, and that they would, they'd be open to it. Loved ones who need a relationship with Christ. Healings that might be needed in your family. It could be spiritual. It could be physical. It could be emotional. We're going to pray about family. Revival in our families. The revival is welcome in our homes, right? Church. The second one. FCC. Church. The church's influence. Loving the things that God loves. Be providing a place where when people come in, they feel the presence of God, that God is welcome here, and that, that we love the things that God loves. That's what the church, that we become this beacon of hope, of, of sharing the gospel message, right, the church. So we're going to pray for revival in the church. And the last one is prayer for our community. And I'm talking about the soul of our nation. I'm talking about the soul of this community, those that you live in. I'm talking about a God consciousness. I'm talking about a call to repentance and a, and a call to follow after the word and the will of God. Would you all stand with me? I want to share one more thing. We're only going to do this for like the next nine, ten minutes. Second Chronicles 7, 14 I read that before. I'm going to read it one more time. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. But watch this. Not many people talk about verse 15. Check out verse 15. Love this. Watch. He says this. Now, God talking, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place. Does anybody want the attention of God? Oh. Now in the New Testament, you know what it talks about? Because we don't live in that time anymore, in that temple, and God has spread out. That's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's why the importance of that is so important, right? But he said this. He said, there's a scripture that says that don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So understand this, that when you begin to pray, God's eyes are upon you, and His ears are attentive to you. How many want some revival? 
So I'm going to have them put the lights down. And we're just going to take the next seven or eight minutes. And we're just going to, we're just going to pray however you feel. At your seat, at the altar, walking around, whatever it is. But we're just going to seek revival in our families, in our church, and in our communities. Please come.